Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about having our kids look beyond their anxiety or OCD issues. And so while they're getting treatment or while they're doing exposures or ERP, there are other things that we can do to facilitate just a well-rounded, happy life for our kids. And ironically, one of them is getting them to help other people. And I want to talk all about that, what I mean, how to do it, how to talk about it with your kids. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Before I get started, though, I would like to thank NoCD for sponsoring this episode. NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy. They are available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. And you can schedule your free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is the right fit for you and your child. Just go to treatmyocd.com. That's treatmyocd.com. The link is always in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about this service for others or volunteering for others, whatever language you want to use. And I'll tell you how this actually came up. I did do a YouTube video about this a long time ago, but recently it's popped back up because uh, a lot of people do service for their church or it's part of their volunteer. My daughter is part of the National Honor Society, and so she has to have volunteer hours. So there's there's a dutiful like nature to serving or volunteering. And that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, it's great that people do that. We need people to do that. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when anxiety or OCD is targeting our kids. <laughs> it sounds like it's a bad guy in the neighborhood. It's like, I got you. You want a little OCD? <laughs> when our kids are struggling with anxiety or OCD, you know, it's all consuming and it's all about them and it's all about their upsetting thoughts and they become hyper-focused on their mood or their struggles. And that's just a side dish to mental health issues in general is that it's really hard to think about anything else other than your struggles because it's a primary issue. It's hard to do anything else when you're not okay. And you know, I remember that growing up with my dad, who was um, severely mentally ill and had bipolar, I always felt that he was just so self-consumed. And he was, even when I was an adult and I'd call him and I'd say, hey, dad, how are you doing? He would instantly go into, well, I've had some highs and I've had some lows and I was depressed last week, but I'm coming out of it. And I would get like a, a quick synopsis of his mental health status. It was never like, Oh, you know, I went for a walk or, you know, I'm working on this new idea or I read this book. And that's because like when your basic ability to function is is at stake, it's really hard. And our kids, a lot of our kids aren't at that level. And I do feel like there are things that we can do to get them out of that box of focusing only on their struggles and focusing on other people or other things as well. And there is a beautiful impact that it can create in a person with mental health issues is it feels good to help. It just intrinsically feels good to help. And so that is something that we can offer our kids. And so this started, I'll tell you how this started in my backyard. So we have these really big windows and 
it's unfortunate because they're so big that birds hit hit them periodically and then they get a little dazed and then they they fly off and i feel really bad and it's very loud and it's very startling to everybody in the house but it happened a month or two ago and it was early morning on the weekend and i came out onto the patio and there was this little woodpecker that i i'm assuming had hit the window and it wasn't dead but it wasn't okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest with you. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying <laughs> you know? because I was like, I have to do something. I can't kill it because it's just not who I am, you know, put it out of its misery. Um, and it didn't look really like it just couldn't fly. It was just sitting there, you know, and, and I kept like checking on it thinking, well, maybe it'll just go. And it didn't. So eventually I like Googled for bird rescues or vets that specialize in birds. And I found this place that wasn't like crazy far away, like was within an hour drive that takes rescued birds that are injured for this very purpose and they they heal them. And I thought, oh my gosh, so perfect. And so I woke up my daughter, who's kind of like my uh, partner in crime these days. And I said, I found a bird and we're going to go and drop it off. I'm going to go rescue it and send it to some people who can help it. Do you want to come? Oh, let me get my clothes on. That sounds exciting. Yes. Let's go help the bird, you know, and ask my other kid. And he's like, can I just sleep? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know. And I guess that, that speaks to like every kid is going to have a different passion of what's going to really drive them and motivate them. So we made this hour long trip and, you know, we dropped the bird off. And then as we're driving away, she was like, that felt really good, mom. It felt really good. I feel really good today about myself that I helped a bird. And and I really wasn't expecting that. I just, to me, it was like the right thing to do and it was the right time to do it. And so we did it, but it really inspired her. And she, I saw like just a spark in her. And so she is part of the National Honor Society. And they had a couple of volunteer projects that conflicted with our travel because we travel a lot. And and it wasn't the kind of volunteering that I really wanted her to do anyway. I mean, it's great. Volunteering is great. But it was like handing out water at a triathlon. And it's like, yeah, that's great to hand out water to athletes and stuff. But I think that there can be so much more to give to people who really, really need it. And so I have a friend who tol- told me about an app that has like volunteer opportunities. And so I'm like, well, this is really easy. the easier it is for me, the better. And so it was really easy to find like what things in my community, you know, needed some, some support. And so my daughter needed hours anyway. And so we did a couple of things. And every time we did something, she's like, this feels so good, mom. It feels so good. So I have talked about this before on my YouTube channel, but I do feel like when we help others in whatever capacity that is, it, it can really help our mental health. Because you're doing something for someone else. And I know that sounds really simple, but it's like you're having a purpose. You're providing something that someone else needs. And it can feel a little, it can hit this self-esteem when you are the one that's constantly the problem, quote unquote. You're the one that needs the help. You're the one that's always getting the help. Even for younger kids. I mean, my daughter's only 11, but even our five or six-year-old, when they're going to therapies and they need medicine and they need all this support for them to be part of uh, helping someone else is very empowering and can really boost the self-esteem. So I think the first step is finding what makes your child passionate because finding the right 
opportunity is really key. So if we're dragging our kids, we're saying Sunday morning, we're all going to get up and we're going to the soup kitchen. We're going to serve food. Your child's going to hate you, <laughs> you know, and maybe not literally, but they're not going to get anything from it. And I think a lot of times we do that as parents is that we get excited about an idea and we make it our own and then it doesn't really impact our kids. And so we can do that with therapy. We can do that with ERP, with exposures. We can do that with so many things where we're like, this is what's going to happen. We're all going to feel really good. We're going to go and help on Sundays, whether you like it or not. And I don't think that you're going to get you know, a big bang from doing it that way. Instead, you can say to your child, you know, let me pull up this app and the app, and there's a bunch of volunteering apps. So if you just go to like Apple or Android and you go into the Apple's, the app store and just type in like volunteer, there'll probably be a bunch of stuff that pops up for your, for your area. It's, it'll be different everywhere and it'll be different globally. So I don't want to get into that, but apps do make it a lot easier. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And just to be sure, I paused this as I was recording it to go and type volunteer in the Apple store and a whole bunch of stuff popped up. So I feel confident that you'll find something, but you know, I, I said to my daughter, here's this app and there's lots of different opportunities that we can do to help. Do you want to help? You know, and tapping into what they feel passionate about is really helpful because if you have a child who's an animal lover, then find something related to animals so they can feel good about that. If your child likes to help other kids, you can find a a kid volunteering thing. If they like to help homeless people, you can find that. If they're into art. So like I found a thing recently, we haven't done it yet, where they need volunteers to actually decorate sandwich, um, not sandwich bags, but lunch bags, paper bags, because they provide snacks to, to homeless kids. And so they need, they write uplifting messages on that. Well, that's perfect. My daughter loves art. And so it's combining something that she loves. So start with what does my child really like? Like, what are they passionate about? Like my son's really into science. And so if I found something that was science related or was something having to do with video games, then I know that sounds silly, but there are things where he could, you know, go to boys and girls club and volunteer and, you know, play with the kids. You can think out of the box. I mean, I'm surprised there's lots of different volunteer opportunities. We actually went to uh, Feed My Starving Children. They have, I don't know if they have their headquarters where I live or if they just have them all over, probably all over. But anyway, they make it very easy to sign up. It's very organized. And, you know, they put you like an assembly line and you're basically like bagging food. And then they they disseminate this food. I didn't realize they did this. I thought they 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 give the food directly, but they actually disseminate it to other nonprofits who need food as part of their outreach. And so you're in an assembly line, like bagging this kind of rice combination. And they so everyone has their role. Like I was just like scooping this protein stuff or this vitamin stuff. And my son was like, yep, the bag, the food bag has to be a certain amount of weight. And so you had to put it on a scale and like get that number. Well, he loves like scales and math and numbers. And so that was a perfect job for him. And he had a good time. He liked it. He said that was fun. It felt good to do something for other people. And so, you know, tap into what your kids are enjoying. If they are into writing notes or if they're into poetry or art, there is this organization called notalonenotes.org. And you can, you can go to their website at notalonenotes.org and you can create letters 
for other people with, I think it's just OCD and related disorders and write uplifting things. And they, you know, send out those letters to people who, who need it. So you can go to notesorg and request a letter be sent to someone that you care about. And it, they just get this anonymous uplifting note, or you can volunteer and have, you know, your kids make notes, which can be really, really helpful. And so there are so many ways to help, but the key is to first, you know, ask your child, are they interested in volunteering? And they may not know what that means. And that might sound like a horrible idea because they're tired. But if you start to read or give them some ideas of what that can look like, that might be inspiring for them. And so it could be about anxiety or OCD. There are lots of opportunities. You can go to iocdf.org and there's, you can be an advocate or a volunteer. They might have a local chapter. So you can do something directly with anxiety or OCD. It doesn't mean your child has to be, you know, completely well in order to help other people. Uh, I struggle with my own anxiety issues. I'm raising kids with anxiety and OCD. I'm in it with you, but I still have the capability of being able to help. Um, and I'm finding that even in my widowhood, now that I'm almost two years into that, I'm able to be a source of support for other people who are struggling as well. And just recently wrote a children's book on grief that will be coming out in May. And so you can catapult your pain and you can turn it into something. You don't have to, but for me and for some people, it it helps. It feels good. It makes it feel like, you know, you're paying it forward. A lot of people help me through my grief and it feels good to be able to give back to the world and help other people who are about to go through it or who are currently in it or who will go through it. And so asking your kids out of the box ways to get involved can be very helpful. And that channels their energy. It channels their energy in a way that is redirected towards something positive and away from anxiety or OCD. And it's not that we want them to distract themselves from their thoughts or their fears, but having some purpose and direction outside of your anxiety or OCD is really helpful. And when you're a little kid or not even little, when you're a kid, you don't have as much direction per se as an adult would. You know, we have many balls up in the air. And so when, you know, when ACT, acceptance, commitment, therapy kind of approach talks about your values and what is valuable to you and what do you want to focus your attention on? It's easier for adults than for kids and teens because they're still young. They haven't developed what they're passionate about as much as an adult may have. And so we can help them with that and we can help them by giving them these opportunities to support someone else or to do something that just feels good. So I think it's important not to force it. And I think it's important to also not put our kids in situations on purpose that we know will trigger their OCD. And so we know we don't want to treat our kids OCD with um, kid gloves and walk on eggshells, but we also want to be cognizant of this is a positive experience and I'm not going to create an environment that's going to be like a given exposure. And I'll talk about what I mean after the break. I'll be right back. It's time we put help directly in our kids' hands. Introducing Crushing OCD Course for Kids and Teens. It was way more helpful than all the other therapy we've ever done because we didn't really know what to do. So we weren't really doing it before. So the course helped to figure out what the exposures are and how to do them. We're not in therapy and find it really hard um, to find an ERP trained therapist here. Um, So we're currently with like the public health service, but again, they don't seem to be trained in ERP. It's filled that gap that we don't have that was desperately needed. 
this was really well timed for us to use between therapists and to help us like start get off to a good start with this new practice. It was easy to use. Um, I was able to do it from my phone or also on the computer. There's different ages, you know, so there were younger kids, there were teenagers. And um, so that was really nice too, to have a variety of ages where it wasn't just geared towards younger kids or older kids. It was a nice variety. It's helpful for our kids to hear it from this like third party as opposed to just us saying it. I really like the offense and defense method. I love working on poking at OCD while it's sleeping. It makes it a little bit easier to do and it's kind of fun. <laughs> I'm planning on using it to work on my uh, fear of like holding or touching batteries and stuff like that. So it was really helpful and I think a lot of other kids would like it. I thought that I was like the only one who had worrying about the weather and stuff. And then there was somebody else on there who worried about the same thing, which was really helpful. Seems less scary to work on stuff now that I've watched this class and I'm more interested to work on it. I like trying to do more exposures still and going to, before I wasn't, I just didn't want to do them. I've worked on some of my bigger compulsions and been successful. I realized that it was helpful to do like the exposures before it was like really, really hard. It's still hard, but it's helpful to know that I need to do them. Before there would be a lot of battles about it. So it is definitely less loggerheads. Really, really good course and super helpful. I definitely would recommend this. It's really easy to follow. It's in nice bite-sized videos. I really like the worksheets that go along with it, and I think it's really helpful. To learn more about this course and register your child or teen, go to atparentingsurvivalschool.com. Welcome back. So before the break, we were talking about how to pick something that may, you know, that's not an obvious thing that's going to trigger your child's anxiety or OCD. The purpose of that is just like I talk about with chores, right? Like if I'm giving my child a chore, I don't want to give them something that is an exposure. Those are two different things. And so if they have, like my daughter has like a really strong OCD issue around disgust and the dishes are a trigger, well, then that's an exposure, not a chore. But her chore might be something like folding the laundry, which doesn't trigger her OCD. And so she can pitch in and feel good and participate without that extra layer that no other kid would have, that this is a really hard thing. It's triggering my anxiety or OCD. Now, having said that, you know, we don't want to walk on eggshells. So if me singing around my house triggers my son's OCD around having intrusive songs stuck in his head, I'm going to not prevent myself from singing. I'm going to naturally sing. I'm not going to do it on purpose, but if I'm humming a song or I'm singing and he says, stop, you know, I don't want that to get stuck in my head. I'm not going to stop. You know, I'll have a a compassionate response of, I'm sorry, that squishy, that's his OCD, is upset with my song, but tell squishy that he's not in charge of my lips and I'm going to keep singing because I feel like singing. Now, I'm not going to do it on purpose, but I'm not going to prevent it. So when we are talking about volunteer opportunities, if I know my child has intrusive thoughts about becoming homeless or anxiety about being homeless, and that's their core fear, then I may not pick working with the homeless per se as the volunteer opportunity. That might be a great exposure on the exposure ladder, and then you're killing two birds with one stone, but we're going to work up to that. And that is something different than just volunteering to help other people or help help other organizations. And so I'm trying to think of some other ones that might be triggering that are very specific. Like if your child is afraid of death, then I'm not going to pick hospice. You know, I'm not going to have them work with, you know, 
sick and dying children, that would probably be a really bad idea. Or if I have someone who's really afraid of growing old, well, we're not going to volunteer at you know a retirement home. And so just being sensitive to your child and their struggles, that's not accommodating. That's like you're, you're picking an activity for them to feel good. And we want this to be a hundred percent feel good experience. Now, if they get triggered in the moment, something happens or someone throws up or you know, someone does something that triggers their anxiety or OCD. That's not to say, okay, well now we, we shouldn't volunteer. That was too dangerous or too risky. And, you know, we don't want them to, you know, have their anxiety or OCD be worse. That's not really a good way to think about things because literally anything can trigger OCD thoughts. And so we don't want to stop activities just because our, our kids are triggered by anxiety or OCD in a natural environment. And so we can trigger our kids' anxiety or OCD all the time, and we're not doing it on purpose, but we're not going to walk on eggshells trying to prevent that because that's not going to help them long-term. So, you know, just talk to your kids and see what ideas they might have. You know, they may not have ever thought about it, and it can be big or it could be small. It could be working for an organization. It could be just randomly helping a neighbor or someone in the community without them knowing it. And I always tell my kids, we give to give, we don't give to get. And so I think that that's important too, is not expecting anything back. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do this anonymously, or we're going to leave this for this person. And we don't need to thank you. We don't need to feel good. We don't need their reaction. It's just something nice to do. And that's something that I always tell my kids is we give to give, we don't give to get. And so it, the happy side note is that it feels good to give. I mean, that's what you're getting is that it feels good. And it, it actually f- feels good on a physiological level. They have done research. I can't quote it, but I have read they've done research that giving actually does change and improve, you know, those positive chemicals in the brain and um, can improve mental health. It's not going to cure your child's anxiety or OCD. We need treatment. We need to do ERP to squash it and make it tiny. But there are these adjunct things that we can do to really supplement our kids' lives and make them um, bigger than what they are. So this is a short podcast episode because there's not much to say about this except for like why I think it's a really helpful thing to do. If your child's in that mode, you know, my my daughter is much more gung-ho than my son, but I saw him sparkle just as brightly when we went as a family. And that I didn't give him a choice for, to be totally honest. I just said, because it's just the three of us now. So I said, we're doing this as a family. You know, and we signed up as the Daniels family, you know, because I think it's always organizations or groups. So they're like, what's your group name? I'm like, the Daniels family. <laughs> and I think there was some ownership and some feel good vibes going on with that. And he definitely felt good when we left. And so and when we do things, like I try to get a little history about it, like why, why this is happening and um, how we're helping and what the struggle is. And I think that's really Honestly, I think that's more helpful than just writing a check. I do that as well. You know, I like to donate to the places that I volunteer, but I think it's helpful for for people to get their hands dirty metaphorically, you know, to see who they're helping, why they're helping, what is the need and how you're filling that gap. So I hope that you're finding my podcast helpful. Um, speaking of giving back, <laughs> if you'd like to um, rate it, leave us, you know, hit a star on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you consume your podcast, leave a review. I greatly appreciate that. That actually does help me get my message across to more people. And so um, I always like to end my show reading one of them. So let me pull one up because I do believe I saw one there. I want to thank 
Beck Buckeye, who wrote such a great resource for understanding OCD. Natasha's expertise has been helping our family, specifically our daughter, for several years now. I want to thank her for her recent episode on feelings because our daughter struggles with just right OCD, and I often wonder how to do exposures for this or if we were doing enough. This episode clarified a lot for us. We also purchased her course on crushing OCD a couple years back and reference it still. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, you do get lifetime access. So that's awesome. Um, Thank you, Beck, for taking the time to write a review. And maybe if you write one, I'll be reading yours next time. Don't forget to find a sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Thursday. Take care. Oops, next Tuesday. (laughs) Thursday's my, my YouTube video. Tuesday's my podcast. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.